This is Truth Encounter, and we believe that the ultimate being of the universe has communicated with us, not in some exotic meteor, but on the pages of a common book that most of you have on your bedstand. We are finishing up a discussion on Deuteronomy chapter 33, titled, Thanks for a Father's Blessing, to learn how to be sure your dad gives you an eternal inheritance, to learn how to find the strength to get through each day with a positive attitude, and to have the confidence that God is your refuge. Let's join our study leader. One of the things that we want to thank the Lord for, right in your lap, you have the revelation of God. Sitting in your lap, you have God's instructions to you. In your lap, you have all that you need for life and godliness. And you're in a body of Christ that wants to help you to understand that. So you can thank the Lord for your existence. You can thank the Lord for his protection. But we can thank the Lord for his instructions. We can thank the Lord for the teaching of the word of God. And the tribe of Levi in the Old Testament was responsible for teaching the Word of God. In the New Testament, those that are gifted as pastor teachers are responsible for the teaching of the Word of God. And then all of us are responsible for teaching one another. So we can thank the Lord for that. Let's look at a fourth thing we can thank the Lord for. Turn to verses 13 through 17. We'll pick it up with verse 12. It is about Benjamin, he said, Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure to him, for he shields him all day long. And the one that the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. That's another promise of protection. And that goes with the, the promise to Judah as well. Now let's look at verse 13. About Joseph, he said, May the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven, with the deep waters that lie below, with the best the sun brings forth, and the finest the moon can yield with the choicest gifts of the ancient mountains and with the fruitfulness of the everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwelt in the burning bush. To remind us of Moses' call. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. In majesty he is like a firstborn bull. His horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them he will gore the nations, even those at the end of the earth. Such are the ten thousands of Ephraim, such are the thousands of Manasseh. Our fourth blessing that's given to Joseph is, first of all, a blessing for agricultural prosperity, and second of all, a blessing of victory over his enemies. You know, I think it's so important for us as God's people, in fact, some of you that, that have found yourself filled with a curse, some of you that find a bitter spirit moving within you, what I would challenge you to do is just go for a walk this week. Just drive out here into the country and just go for a walk. And let those fields minister to you. Look at the leaves and let it minister to you. As you see all those, those reminders from the beautiful simplicity of a precious new baby being born to the wonder of, of Glacier Park and majestic Rocky Mountain peaks to fields that are swaying in the wind, all of that is part of our good earth. And what I find is that I get away from that. Even living here in the country, I still get away from it. How about you? How many of you have just walked out into a field and had a time of prayer to the Lord, a thanksgiving time to the Lord? Have you done that? Have you walked out in a field and just looked around and said, Lord, I just thank you. I, I don't even understand everything that's going on here. But I was able to go over to the, the grocery store and I can buy Mrs. Baird's bread and Wonder Bread and a million other kinds of bread 
But it all starts here in this beautiful field. Kim right now has beautiful wheat coming up. Beautiful green wheat. What a miracle. You know, some of you that, that think that life has rolled you over and you feel like maybe you lost your job and you feel like you don't know what's going to happen next and you feel so uptight and so insecure and you think that the curse has come upon you, every single day, I challenge you, just go for a walk and take that time to lift up your eyes and look around you. Just the sky where we live here in Texas should cause you to be able to be thankful. Just the sky. You don't even have to look down. You can just look up and look at the formations of the clouds, look at the rays of the sun. And what Moses is saying that is that all this natural prosperity that the Lord has given to us, you know what? It's free. It's free. Don't get away from that. Last Saturday morning, at 11 o'clock, I was able to spring loose, and I was by myself. No one was coming until about 6.30. I jumped in my car. I drove 15 minutes to the Atlantic Ocean, and I put all the coins in the meter, and I just jumped in that ocean and just played for about an hour and a half, all by myself. No one around me that knew me. Just riding brakes and everything. You think that's nuts, don't you? You see, when we talk about all the responsibilities, the teaching of the Word of God, and, and trying to counsel people and everything else, you see, your soul gets tired. I'm sharing with you some ways that you renew your soul. And the way you renew your soul is you realize when you're in a mighty Atlantic Ocean, you realize, man, I'm just a little thing. But my father's in control of all this. And he has such a neat sense of humor. Who would have ever thought of rolling eight-foot breakers in? And just doing it constantly, just one after another, so you could get up on the top of one of those things and have it shoot you like a cannon. God did that. And his children have learned, like the Hawaiians, they started out with their bodies and they started with boards, and now surfing's a whole big sport. But it wouldn't be possible if your father in heaven didn't roll the waves in. And he doesn't even have to pay attention to it. It just happens, because he's so mighty. And the agricultural prosperity and the food that we have. The blessing of Moses is the blessing of physical prosperity. It's the blessing of agricultural prosperity, of being able to enjoy the bounties of this earth. In the midst of this American pressurized schedule that pushes you, pushes you, pushes you, please take some time out and look around you and ride through those fields. At 4 o'clock... I've had it. I get up early, meet a live you for breakfast and everything else. By about 4 o'clock, my brain is fried. And I jump on a 10-speed and I just ride for miles throughout all these countries. Someone was asking me about, you know, what about the dogs on this road? I know the dogs on every single road around this area. You say, why do you do that? Because that's how you feed your soul. See, when I think it's totally hopeless, I just ride through a beautiful wheat field and I look around and I didn't have any control over that. If I were to pass away, that wheat field goes right on producing God's blessing. And so though I'm so little, the Lord says I become his son, so it's okay. That ministers to your soul. Please this week do some of that. It'll make it so that when you're shaken, you don't spill curses, you spill blessings. But that's not it. We've got a whole bunch of them. We'll never make it through. You'll have to get through on your own. Uh, Matthew 6, 11, and 13 gives you the New Testament, um, your New Testament application. The Lord says you can say, give us this day our daily bread. And so he promises blessing. He promises to provide for you as his people. He promises also to deliver you from your enemies. That's the second part of the blessing upon Joseph. They would be protected from their enemies. And we're instructed by our Savior that we can pray 
deliver us from the evil one. And it tells us in the book of James that if we resist, or in 1 Peter, if we resist Satan, he will flee from us. But let's get on to the fifth blessing. Look at verses 18 through 19. I love this. I just love the word of God, don't you? Because it just gets in, you know, not highfalutin stuff, but real down-to-earth simple things. Here's another thing. All of you have done this week. You all have done In fact, you did it this morning. And so you can be thankful. Look at this one in, uh, in verses 18 through 19. It says about Zebulun. How many of you know a whole lot about the tribe of Zebulun? If you were going to give an exam on Zebulun, what would you know about it? Probably nothing. Don't worry about it. They're a very obscure tribe. But they've got a great blessing. Look at their blessing. About the tribe of Zebulun. Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out. How many of you got up in the morning, you walked to the shower and says, Praise God, I made it to the shower. Some of you said, oh, yeah, see, that's your going out. And your going out is you, you got going. And you all take it for granted now. But going out is a very special thing. And it's a very simple thing. I went out this morning, got up, took a shower, got dressed, and went out. And the blessing of Zebulun is you'll be blessed in your going out. You see, you need to learn to just stop and think about the things that you just take for granted. Then you'll have a thankful spirit. Because most of you don't even think about the wonder of going out. In fact, if I brought a doctor up, he started talking to you about the complexity of going out, of just walking, none of you would understand it. In fact, when you break your ankle, then you really realize how difficult it is. If you break a bone in your foot, when you start changing the motions just of your walking, you begin to find out, man, this walking thing is really incredible. It's, a, it's an incredible miracle. And all of you just do it. You just go out. But the Lord wants us, and Moses is challenging us, remember that it's a blessing. He says, blessed be Zebulun. You will rejoice and you're going out, and you, Issachar, in your tents. That's when you come back in at night. So you're going to be blessed when you go out. You come blessed, come, you're blessed and rejoice when you come back. They will summon peoples of the mountains, and there they will offer sacrifices of righteousness. They will feast in the abundance of the seas on the treasures hidden in the sand. So Zebulun was the fishing tribe. They were the ones that went out on the Mediterranean Sea and went fishing. You see how God wants to be part of, of, of the blessing of your entire life? He wants you to be able to rejoice and you're going out. And he's telling Zebulun, you're going to be able to go out on the Mediterranean Sea. And the Mediterranean Sea is going to provide blessing for your tribe. Some of you business guys, you know, it's hard. And you business women, you get up Monday morning and you got to go out. And that's hard. You can go, oh no, I wonder about the prospects. I know what that's like. I remember what that was like when Mary used to line up 60 people that I was going to cold turkey go and see when I was selling books. Man, there was nothing more lonely than jumping in my car at 5.30 in the morning with a little bit of cereal in my mouth and, and rushing to Riverside, California to try to be there by 8 o'clock to bother some, some dear person that's just getting up at 8 o'clock and knocking their door and trying to make money. That's hard. But isn't it great to know that if you're God's child... As you go out as business people this week, you know what God says? You're going to be, you, you can rejoice in your going out. Some of your opportunities are going to crash. Some of your prospects are going to turn you down. Some of your council leads are going to think you're the worst counselor available. Some of the animals that CT works on are going to die. And, and some of the people are going to get angry with him when he's not able to save him. When, man, they, you know, they ran over him with a car like I ran over our cat. This week, there's all kinds of going out and coming in that we're going to do. And none of us really have control over it. But the blessing of God comes to us. And Jesus says, because you're my kids, 
you'll be able to rejoice. I would really encourage you, rejoice in the simple thing of going out and trust the Lord's blessing. Turn to James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, because this is a New Testament application of the blessing and yet the caution about being overconfident in our going out and our coming in. Look at James chapter 4, 4, verse 13. Now listen to me, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Sound like some of your business associates? You know, you're in a business meeting, they got all kinds of plans, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Some of you ought to raise your hand in the middle of a meeting and say, how do you know you're going to do that? Say, man, look at the flow chart, look at what the computer says. Well, how do you know that's going to happen? The truth of the matter is none of us know that. Because every one of you can look back over your life and you can think of some great plans that you made for your business and none of it happened. Because suddenly some other thing entered in your life and your whole life changes. And that's why James' words to you are so comforting. He says, listen, now listen to you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why do you, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then you vanish. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. What James is doing, he's not giving a scolding word. He's not down on us. What he's saying is, I don't want you to sell yourself short. I don't want you to get all excited and build your whole life on the great plans that you have because you don't know what life's going to bring. And you need to learn to not get all caught up in the great dreams you have and all the visions you have. You need to rejoice in the fact that you went out today and thank God for that and be a dependent people that realizes that I'm, I'm totally leaning upon God working in my life. And so with Zebulun, we can thank God for the blessings of our daily enterprises. The next blessing, look at back at Deuteronomy 33, verse 20. It says about Gad, this is another tribe, I'm sure you know a whole lot about it, but about Gad, they were another small tribe. It says, blessed is he who enlarges Gad's domain. Gad lives there like a lion, tearing at armor head. It was kind of a wild country where Gad was located in northern Israel. There were lions down in their part of the country back in those days. And it's talking about Gad living kind of, this is kind of like the frontier people in Israel. But notice what it says. He chose the best land for himself. The leader's portion was kept for him. When the heads of the people assembled, that would be the heads of Israel gathered together. He, that is Gad, carried out the Lord's righteous will and his judgments concerning Israel. What Gad, evidently, the Gadites were especially involved in ministering justice and bringing fairness in the courts of Israel. It said that they carried out the judgments of the Lord fairly. Now, some of you are going to have to deal with a legal system this week. Some of you are going to hear reports about what's happening in the courts. How many of you have said some things over the last month of, man, the legal system in the United States is just going down the drain? You ever feel that way? And do you ever feel like, like my friend Anthony, how do you think he felt about our government from a human standpoint? Man, in just a few minutes, everything was gone. And now everything's kind of changing. Now all the rules have changed again. What do you do? Isn't it great to know that one day the scripture promises us that ultimately, ultimately there will be justice. This life, the courts, might be very unjust to you. But in the end, because you're a child of God, it's going to be fair. In the end, 
The Lord's going to defend your cause and it will be right. Let's pick up a few more. It says here in verse 23, let's thank the Lord for our eternal inheritance. Look at verse 23 about Naphtali. Naphtali is abounding with the favor of the Lord and it's full of his blessing. He will inherit southward to the lake. That's down south by the Sea of Galilee. You're not going to inherit there, but the Lord promises you as the Lord's children that you're going to inherit an eternal blessing. Then we can thank the Lord for daily strength. In verse 24, most blessed are the sons of Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him bathe his feet in, in oil. That's not uh, oil like one of my friends thought, like oil in Texas. It's olive oil. One of my friends has been drilling in the area of Asher. Not really a close friend, but I do know of him. And he's got several of my Christian friends involved with him. And they haven't found oil yet. And it shows us how we need to understand God's word properly. Usually in the Old Testament, it talks about oil. It means olive oil, which is a lot different than Texas crude. Okay? Maybe he'll find oil yet, but don't invest with him, please. Okay? The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will be equal to your day. That's a phrase that struck me, and your strength will be equal to your day. Did some of you wonder today whether your strength is going to make it today? Well, the blessing of Asher is on you. The Lord says your strength will be equal to your days. What a great promise. You ever notice that you only have enough gas really to make it about one day? Then you have to go to bed. Then you get enough gas to make it for another day. And what a great promise, the Lord says that if you're his child, your strength will be equal to your days forever. Then we close with a great, great blessing in verses 26 through 29. Thank God for the strength of his everlasting arm. Just look at these verses and we'll be through. There is no one like the God of the upright little ones. That's what Jeshurun means. Yeshurun means the upright ones. And it's God's pet name for his people. This God rides on the heavens to help you. What a great picture. God is riding on the heavens to help us today. He rides on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God, listen to this. If, you're, if you don't think there's anything you can be thankful for, you can thank the Lord for this. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath, underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you, saying, destroy him. So Israel will live in safety alone. Jacob's spring is secure in a land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop dew. Blessed are you, O Lord, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. The Lord is, is your shield and your help and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will trample down their high places. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I had a real moving experience before I left to fly back here. There was a friend of mine that was an ophthalmologist for many years. Uh, he checked our eyes out several times and I never needed glasses as long as he took care of me. But he got old, and in fact, about a few months ago, about six months ago, his wife died. Since his wife died, he had a stroke. He's had a heart attack. Talk about bad times, bad times. I called him up because it was, it was just a torrential rain last Monday morning. That tropical storm was coming in, and I was rushing to get to the airport. But my dad had said, my dad's really good about this. He says, Dave, be sure to call Ralph while you're down in Florida. And I'm young, and it's easy for me to forget some things like that, but that's one of the things the Lord's teaching me to do. Don't forget things like that. Let's not forget things like that. So I called Ralph up, talking to him. And he started to tell me. He talked about missing his wife, Ruth, and he, he talked about the, the stroke. He talked to me about the heart attack. And I thanked him for the way that he'd taken care of us for so many years, checking out our eyes. I, I reminisced with him about times that we'd had up at Word of Life at the Bible conference. 
And then I said, Ralph, can I pray with you? And I, he said, sure, I'd love for you to do that. So I started praying. One of the things I mentioned in the prayer, I said, I said, Lord Jesus, I'm just so thankful that you rose again from the dead. And there's no way for me to understand what Ralph is going through. I want you to heal his body. I'd love to be able to be back with him at Word of Life because we talked a little bit about that. But I said, I just want to thank you today for both of us that what we really have is the promise of eternal life because Jesus rose again from the dead. Right in the middle of my prayer, Ralph jumped right into the prayer. He says, that's exactly right, Dave. He says, that's exactly right. He says, I have the promise of the resurrection from the dead. He said it in a very faltering voice. I could hardly understand it, but just jumped right into my prayer. He said, I have that. And he said, because of that, I'm going to be well, and I'm going to be with my wife again, and there's hope. That's what I covet for every single one of you. One of the major things that First Peter is going to tell us is that in Christ you have a living hope. All of this life's hopes die. In a rest home, almost all of life's hopes are ended. But a child of God is still alive with a living, a living hope. 